G'day and welcome to the pod pod talking all things AFL fantasy and talking all things Geelong on this team preview episode. Stato loving the tunes. Absolutely loving them. He can't stop laughing at every start of every podcast. But yes, we are doing some more team previews for you this week and uh, Geelong is next up on the board. I've got with me five-time top 100 finisher, Stato. How are you, mate? Very hot right now, to be honest, but uh, thanks for the song, mate. I needed a bit of lift. Beautiful. I've got a big introduction today because we've got all of the pod squad on deck. We also have two-time top 10 finisher John Harmy on the board, and we've got a t- few team previews coming up. But uh, your bombers are coming up soon, Harmy, but not quite yet. So you've got to get through Geelong again this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're above it, um, Geelong. Easy. So, But <laughs> glad to be here, Dosby, last year. All right, mate. And we've also got a- another two-time top 10 finisher, the globe trotter of the world, back from another overseas trip. He is a man of the world. We've got Holmesy on board again. Good to have you back, mate. Yeah, Dossie, thanks. Thanks, mate. It's good to, do, good to be back. And yeah, pre-season's really ramping up now. It's the most exciting time of year. So looking forward to, to cracking into some more of these team previews. Beauty. And as always, Louie, an OG of the pod pod. Good to have you on deck as well on this one, mate. Good to be here, mate. All right, well, we're going to jump in the same structure we've gone with uh, all the other teams so far in our team preview podcast. Geelong, going through the team numbers from 2023 to kick things off. Finished 12th on the ladder last year, 13th for AFL Fantasy Scoring. As we probably already know, they were the oldest team in the league, the Fossils of the League, average age of 27.4, and of course, the most experienced in terms of games played. 15th for disposals, but 5th for metres gained per disposal. So I think we've gone through a few of these teams that are like that, pretty good with their um, metres gained per disposal, tend to get it inside 50 a bit more. And that was a little bit similar for the Cats, but I've got some interesting stats here, which I thought were quite good for the Cats. Despite coming ninth for inside 50s per game, they were number one for Marks inside 50 and number one for goal assists as well. In part, thank you, thanks to uh, Grinal Messi, of course, there. But uh, they were also 12th for average one on one contests per game, but number one for average wins in these contests. So basically, their inside 50 delivery is absolutely solid and their forwards can take an absolute clunk as well. But are these numbers sustainable? And if not, could the Cats? fall off in a big way, Harmy, because that's kind of where I see it. I think they're in for a fall off this year. Oof, what further than last year? Man, like, they, there was times last year when they really battled, um, especially in the back end of the season. So I don't know. I reckon there's probably a little bit of upside with the Cats. Um, it's not as if they've got no good players, is it? And Cameron will be back. Mm, it's just that sustainability of, you know, not only the clunks that they're taking and and just that delivery inside 50. Stato, where do you sit on the Cats? Do you think, f- from a fantasy perspective, is there some upside all around the board, like Harmy's kind of suggesting here? Oh, there's opportunities for the younger players so to, to get more senior roles. But uh, I think we know the way the Cats will play is they'll start with the older hands in the senior roles to see if they can get back on track first. 
Uh, if it's struggling, um, so their opportunities for finals are struggling, I think you'll see uh, a major shift in the way they operate. But some some experience have left their team in the last couple of years. So, look, it, it's hard when you lose some high-quality top end and you've got a few players like Hawkins that are probably right at the end of their career. So... Um, there's some challenges for them, but there's also some talent on their list, and that's the important bit. Yep, let's take a look at their trade period. So they had some ins, of course, a bunch of draft picks, including Connor O'Sullivan, their top pick at pick number 11. And a big name in fantasy circles this year was Sean Manor, 26-year-old gun, mature age recruit who dominated for Werribee last year. Plus, they also picked up Emerson Jecker from the Hawks, who looks to be taking a switch into the defensive line after being an attacking player at the Hawks. Outs, Isaac Smith, retired, great player for them, um, playing plenty of games for the Hawks and the Cats. Uh, Jonathan Segler also retiring, leaving a little bit of a hole in that ruck lineup that was already pretty dire. We've got Sam Menegola, just had him. He was a fantasy name for a few years there. Uh, delisted and or retired, unsure on that front which was which. Uh, we've got Sam Simpson, delisted. Just mentioned him because he was also a fantasy name for a few years there. Sava Radagalia was the other name heading out of Geelong, headed off to Port Power. Now, Stato, back to you again, mate. Discuss the buy round for the Cats. They don't have the opening round, but they have that round 14 buy. What does that mean for fantasy coaches this year? Well, uh, it certainly means that we can pick them in confidence and know they're not going to interrupt us in two, three, five, six rounds. Um, that's important. Um, round 14 is not too bad because it's the back end of the rounds. You've only got one more round afterwards. So if you're picking someone that you don't believe is going to be in your end-of-year squad, uh, like uh, probably your boy, Jack Bowles, from, from last year, um, oh, then is performing A-OK for you, then you can actually get them ready to uh, um, probably swap them to a round 12 or a round 13 buy player come their buy. So it's a really good position to be in round 14 or round 15. All right, fantastic insights, as always, on the buy round. Stato, unbelievable access. Uh, so let's get into the popular picks for this season for the Cats. There's only three players with over 10% ownership, and let's get into the first one. Sean Manor, um, as I mentioned before, a 200K mid-forward, 43% ownership, that mature age recruit from Werribee. Now, I remember hearing on, I think it was the Dylan Friends podcast, Michael Barlow talking um, to Dill Buckley about this player, saying he, you know he he's a fantastic player and should crack in straight away at AFL level. Uh, Harmy, I want your thoughts. Is he is he a lock and load player if named round one? We've seen plenty of mature age recruits get it done over the year, but um, look, he seemed very comfortable at VFL level. And do you see him doing this again at AFL level next year or this year? I should say now. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, it, it's a sort of play, like we talk about the mature ages, what, what's the motivation for them coming in? But the thing is, he's going to be hungry, isn't he? He's, he's been waiting years for his opportunity um, and, you know, this is it. If he's named round one, I reckon he's a really good chance. Um, yeah, and maybe that spot on the wing's open um, because of, uh, yeah, um, is he going out? So yeah, I think that I think he's a good pick. Yep. 
All right, there's another rookie that is a popular pick for the Cats. It's $237,000 midfielder, 28% owned Jai Clark. Holmesy, your thoughts on this guy, you know, maybe having more of an impact in, I think it's his second year of footy this year. Yeah, well, he was their high draft pick uh, last year. I think they drafted him at pick number seven and word out of the club is that he's their future future midfielder once Selwood's gone out. He only played the one game last year where he, he came on a, on a sub and I think he scored 37 from limited time on ground, but that was with seven tackles. So absolutely, if he's there round one, um, have a look at roll. But uh, as we always see with Geelong, they do like to, to go with their more seasoned body. So even if he is there round one, we're not sure what kind of a role he's going to have, but definitely one to, to look at at 237K. I'll just give some context as well for the listeners. These, these numbers are from um, Cape League Pod looking at the State League scores from last year. So Jai Clark, not huge fantasy numbers last year at VFL level. He averaged around uh, 16 disposals a game, four marks, four tackles, uh, 67 fantasy points. So obviously he, he's having hopefully a big offseason and a lot of improvement in his game and you just want him to get some coin there as well. But let's look at Sean Manor. This is where... Fantasy coaches are pretty excited here. So he averaged 110.5 fantasy points for Werribee last year and what was a team that nearly went all the way in the VFL. Six, Nearly 17 kicks a game, eight handballs, four marks, six tackles. So pretty exciting stuff if he does get a game there as well. Um, and finally, the, the last popular of the popular picks for Geelong, Louis, we have Tom Stewart. 96 um, average last year. That's an $869,000 um, price tag you're going to have to pay up for Tom Stewart. 12% of coaches are keen. What about what do you think of uh, Tom Stewart coming in this year? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tom Stewart. One thing that he's got in his game is consistency. In the last previous seasons, we've seen a ceiling from him too, which was quite often the knock on him. I think him not having an early buy across that six rounds actually makes him a really solid starting pick to look at. And uh, when you start to unpack the fixture, he's got Saints, Hawks, Dogs and North in his first five, which when I go and look at the uh, conceded points by fantasy teams last year, that's actually four of the top five. So a bloke like Tom Stewart could absolutely fill up here. And also, you may remember uh, in round one last year, Holmesy, he got injured. And so if you take that out of his score, he averaged about 100 for the season. So maybe there's a built-in value there. Yeah, it always seems like he's a he should have a season where he averages over a hundred, but he's he's Tom Stewart. He just has something that goes wrong, and and he ends up that mid nineties average. So who knows? I'm I'm pretty keen, especially with uh, the retirement of Isaac Smith. He he wasn't the biggest ball winner, but he was someone that they looked to exit D fifty with and up that wing a lot of the time. So uh, there might be a little bit of a, a score bump there for a Tom Stewart or even a, a Mitch Duncan. So. I also think, and I'm not probably as bullish on the Cats' chances this year as what maybe some of you are, but uh, teams seem to be going faster. That's the game plan that the competition's moving to. And you look at the Cats' list and they're, they're a bit slow and it's because they're getting old. So I'm expecting them to get uh, beaten on transition a few times, which might mean that Tom Stewart gets a bit more opportunity in that defensive lineup and uh, you never know if uh, if things do look a bit grim. I'm not saying they will. Then there might be a little bit more chip-chip, which was something that we saw a few years ago until Chris Scott sort of went away from that just slightly. So pretty high on Tom Stewart. He's a consistent player. And uh, in a season like what we're approaching with the buy rounds across the first six rounds, he might be a really safe play to start. 
He's already had a more midfield time article written about him as well. So I think there is a little bit of buzz that he might spend some more time in the midfield. As you're saying, Louis, with that uh, slow sort of brigade in there at the moment, Holmesy, um, I mean, that's an added little wrinkle for Tom Stewart as well, more mid-time. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a midfielder, but what I will say, there are games when they decide to lock down on him. So if they do lock down, why wouldn't they just throw him in the midfield to try and release him up a bit? and sort of change the status quo a bit. So I think that might be a, a bit of a variable for Tom Stewart if he if he does get a tag. Yeah, a bit of a way to shake it. Don't mind that. Uh, let's look at the big dogs, the top three averaging players from last year. We've just spoken about Tom Stewart. He was the number one at 96 average there. Uh, number two was Mitch Duncan, as you also have alluded to there. $824,000 defender priced at 91. A little bit long in the tooth, Stato. Is he one that we could look at, though? A guy that's done it in the past and, you know, has a ceiling, has consistency, just the soft tissues get the best of him most of the time. Yeah, scoring power is magnificent, but the injury concern, um, yeah, that just pushes me away from that. If he was priced in the 600s, I might take a punt on him for the first five, six weeks, see how it goes. But at 824, it's just too um, it's it's just too much money to take that risk with. But look, there's a world where he averages a hundred and plays twenty-three games, but I, I just yeah, just too much of a worry for me. I reckon he's probably the type that you can get as a steal in draft this year. Agreed. Mm, risky for classic though is what I'm hearing from the circle and you know that age factor is always a concern let's talk about another borderline fossil I might say uh, in the third most uh, the third top averaging player from last year was Cam Guthrie now he's already been spoken about a little bit of value in fantasy circles 762,000 priced at 87 Harmy your thoughts on, on Cam Guthrie having a bounce back year uh, yeah, well, I think somebody mentioned their midfield um, earlier, and he's going to have to be a stable in that midfield. Uh, and, you know, what did he have a toe injury, I think? So, and he had an operation mid season. So, uh, I think that he's been um, training strongly, and I think he's uh, going to be in for a decent season. I guess the question for us as fantasy coaches is how much upside is there on his um, price stat figure of 84? So, I mean, he, he could possibly go 100, but that's still only 15 points upside. So um, that's, that's a decision um, that you've got to make. And, yeah, I think there, there is upside in him, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough for us to start with him. It's an awkward price bracket, isn't it, um, that seven to 800000 You've got to be pretty certain. And um, in a midfield where we're not really certain yet, you'd probably have to see a fair bit in preseason, wouldn't you, Lou? You would, but it, it's... It is a bit of an awkward price tag, but it's also priced around other midfielders which we're punting to, to sort of break out, and they're more towards that three-fourth midfielder in the rotation. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Guthrie was their number one mid. Uh, they're going to need experience in there early. I think there's a bit of a gap between uh, the mature players and the younger players. I think uh, we will see blokes like Tanner Bruin and Max Holmes go through there. Uh, I think Danger's pretty dangerous up forward, and, but he will spend a bit of time in the mids. But I'm seeing Cam Guthrie as a clear centre-bounce midfielder here. So if he can start at 100, 105, and you can jump off maybe after round six or seven when the buys are done, then could be a real smash play and he's staring us right in the face. I think the only 
uh, off taste that some people have perhaps is that he's 31 years old. And yeah. his time on ground, it's like he hasn't gone above Shock. 74% time on ground since 2018 or 2017 is when he had like above 74%. He just plays low talk. I was I just going to say, um, he could very well do what Louis said, 100, 105 over the first six rounds. No question uh, about that because, you know, 2022, his average is 96. 2021, 110. 2020, I think that was the COVID year, wasn't it? He was over 100 again, so he's done it before um, and he's just missed half of last season, so he's going to want to come out firing. And what was his opposition again for the first four or five rounds? Well, the, the Tom Stewart fixture was four defenders, but he's got Saints, Hawks, Dogs, North, and then Adelaide was in there too. But Cam Guthrie, he's a two-way worker, so I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he's pushing down and back into defence to help out. And he's, he's got a brother down there to kick to him too. All right, enough Cam Guthrie talk for the podcast for me, but uh, let's get to the pods of the squad here. So um, the, some pods for Geelong. So a bunch of rookie price players sitting between 5 and 7% ownership, classifying these as uh, pods for our little segment here. So is there any thoughts on, and do we know anything, and, and it's okay if we don't. We're not going to claim we know things about players we have no idea. These guys are all rookies, so if no comment, all good. Lawson Humphreys, 200k defender mid. Connor O'Sullivan, as I said, the top pick in the draft, $270,000 defender. The top pick for Geelong, that is, 11th in the draft. Mitch Hardy, 200k mid, and he was the mid-season draftee, I believe we discovered pre-show from Harmy. Um, as well as Joe Furphy, a 200k ruck, who presumably people are just leaving there um, as a potential ruck uh, basement price option. Just looking at some numbers before we uh, dissect the rest. Lawson Humphreys played in the Waffle Reserves last year, 11 games played, average 97 in that Waffle Reserves. Connor O'Sullivan, let's have a look. Let's bring these ones up. 88 points in the Talent League, so 20 disposals, 7 marks, just to give you an idea. Um, Hardy obviously was playing uh, in the VFL, so I'll have to get his numbers up separately, but um, any thoughts on any of those names, lads? Uh, I think the only one I'd really look at is potentially Mullen after seeing them introduce him in the into the squad last year, just not really knowing what his upside is, um, having come over from Ireland. But none of those names are really on my radar at the moment, Dossie, until we potentially see them play some games in the preseason or into round one. So just it's good that you've named him. Just maybe make a note of it, but I'm not going to sit here and say I've got any information on on those players. All right, Mitch Hardy, 70 points average in the VFL for Geelong as well. So not jumping off the page, but if he's got a role, like you said, uh, Holmesy, let's keep an eye on him. Um, let's talk about Ocean Mullen then because he's a pretty popular name in fantasy circles as well, uh, in niche fantasy circles, I might say. I just saw a picture, uh, some footage right before we jumped on here of him exploding out the gates on some uh, Geelong social media stuff there. So the, the Irish Nick Dacos, Louie, could he be a little option for us in defence for 245k? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, the buy really plays into our favour here. So if he's getting regular games, and uh, I think he did get semi-regular games for Geelong last year, didn't he? Did he stay in the side? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was a total of six, yeah, six games and a couple as the sub there, I reckon. Yeah, so he's clearly close enough. Uh, one to track for sure, but if you can sneak him onto your bench, that's uh, that could be a nice play. Harming I don't think he'll be a big scorer, though. 
Harmy uh, Nossler came with a little bit of a shake nah, out there, but uh, I'm just we'll move on to some players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, go on, Harmy. Uh, Your just, Ocean Mullins. You look, mate, you look at his scores. Yeah, Ocean. Yeah, uh, you look at his scores from last season, and he didn't really get much done. And watching him play, he did look a little bit uh, like a fish out of water. So I'm not convinced, mate. Players right, can't just... improve, Harmy. Players can't improve. <laughs> oh, they can improve a fair bit. He didn't grow up playing footy, so let's uh, let's look at the positives here. All right, let's look at some players that could be taking a bit more reins in the midfield. That's what we always like to do in fantasy. Uh, Max Holmes, $685,000 midfielder only, Stato. Priced at seventy six. could he take his game to another level this year? You were probably expecting a lot from him last year, and he didn't really deliver. And what we actually found as well, that his disposal wasn't fantastic. So I still haven't worked out whether he's better outside uh, and use the run, um, seeing his use inside wasn't fantastic. So, um, look, really awkward price. I, I, I think Guthrie is a better option than Max at the moment, so I'm not that keen. Uh, Draft-wise, might look him right at the back end and a bit of support, but on field, no. Tanner Bruin. 638k mid priced at 71 homesy could you see the in his second year at the cats the former gws giant taking his game to another level and maybe picking up some of the slack of some of those uh those veterans at the cats yeah look if he still had forward status knowing what we know about the forwards this year you'd be a little bit more comfortable taking him on but as a mid only priced at 71 what we do know about Geelong or what they did do last year was that they, they had a lot of bodies going through that midfield and he's always been a low time on ground impact style player so i don't think there's going to be enough upside on his uh scoring this year to be relevant for us to pick in the midfield but he should improve because you know players can improve harmy they're not just the same going back from last year <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, there's a few quick requests that we've got to um, from X, formerly known as Twitter, um, from the fans there. We are at PodPod AFL if you want to follow along there. But uh, Grian or Messi, a.k.a. Grian Myers, Harmy, playing some midfield time, apparently, at training. Uh, second in the time trial, could you see him maybe? He was obviously a damaging forward, though, but uh, if he gets injected in there for a bit of pace... Oh, I think he's a very valuable forward. Him and uh, Stingle up forward, uh, they're a good duo. So, uh, look, I think he's uh, not a bad option in a draft uh, comp, but I don't think uh, in a classic. All right, we had a request for Mitch Nevitt. Stato, I just want to throw this one to you. 435k mid-average 51 last year. We had a request for Mitch Nevitt. I think he can play. My my real drama is the eight games last year and Geelong really falling off the tank and giving some games to some young players really hurt us in fantasy footy this year. Um, if he was a 200k or 250k rookie price player, I'd be pretty keen, but for... 135 when he's probably not going to get that pure midfield time that he would like um, is a bit devastating to be honest and sort of takes him his name off the list but I I will say um, watching him play I was pretty impressed. Okay Uh, this one Louis I know you've been slyly in the group chat spruiking this guy's name so I've been keen to throw this one to you Toby Conway, $316,000 ruck. I think he's sitting at R2 for you, isn't he, at the moment, uh, Lou? 
<laughs> Maybe in your side, mate. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, to- Toby Conway, I-, I just like him because he got games at the end of last year. It seems like Geelong have been looking for a ruckman for the best part of five years. Um, Stanley often plays, but uh, I just you know get the feeling that they don't really like him in that role. And um, Blitzarbs can always chop out, which I see as a positive for Conway getting games. I think um, you're going to have to get games into him ASAP because uh, the cliff's coming fast in terms of their Ruckman. So I, I tend to agree with Statesman that we might not see him for round one. He might be one that comes in round six, round seven, round eight if, you know, shit starts hitting the fan in terms of their results and uh, in which case he might be one to jump on early. But uh, what, 74 average in the VFL or thereabouts, there's, there's a little bit about him. I don't think he's going to be a massive scorer, but uh, not often we get a playing R3. So if he can sit there and generate and tick cash over for you for a little while, then then that's a nice one and it's a bonus if you can pop one early too. With two very high-value um, premium rucks available for us, having a, a playing R3 that, that hasn't got the buys at round five and six becomes so important. So Sweet or Conway really becomes important for our structure. Holmesy nodding the head. That's what you wanted to throw in there. Yeah, I was. I mean, we don't really need to touch on it too much now with this this Geelong podcast. But yeah, if for someone like myself that's pretty keen to start Grundy and Gorn, I'm going to need someone playing at R3. So if Conway's that man because Sweet doesn't get up, then it has to be considered. All right. Last but not least, Jack Bowes been waiting all show to get this one in there. Five hundred and forty-eight thousand dollar defender. 0.5% ownership. That is a big mistake for a from AFL fantasy coaches. Huge mistake. Um, I've already seen the Geelong Cats media putting it out there. They snap, you know, they didn't realize that Sherlock Dossie was going to be on the case, noticing that he was attending those center bounces at training. They just put out some footage. Innocent midfielders. At Sherlock Dossie was in there. Yeah, in the best team he was. He was in the better squad. So uh good on Jack Bowes. Look, a bit more midfield time. He rejected that offer from Essendon to be their new man over there. Rejected the number five the other year. Rejected a few other offers, but look, Jack Bowes, I'm huge on him. Harmy, I think you are yeah. have a little soft spot for him. So let's finish on on your take on Jack Bowes. Oh, yeah, he was in my opening team that I selected when I first logged into the app this year. Since made his way out, but I can see your point, Dosby. <laughs> um, let's have a look at his scores from last year, hey? He had a 10, he had a 9. They, they were sub-affected, okay? So we won't worry about that. Solid. Did have a 28, Did you have though. Him for both those games, Dossie? <laughs> the 9 and uh, the 10? I think I may have, yes. Mm. I would have held. He would have gone 11 the next week. <laughs> then he, ca- he came out after that 9, though, Dossie. 101. There it is. There you go. But there then two is. weeks later, he scored a 28. Um, not, no sub there. Non-sub-affected. Anyway, this could be some value. It could could be worth a look. I'm I'm not ruling it out. Pre-season playing midfield. All right, that'll do it for our Geelong podcast. Make sure you're following along on all the socials at PodPodAFL. We're on X, formerly Twitter. We're on YouTube, Instagram, and, of course, the TikTok. Stato loves a bit of TikTok. Um, But make sure you leave a rating on Spotify if you're listening to that or Apple or reviews, all that sort of stuff. And we'll see you on the next team preview podcast we're checking out your beloved Essendon army forward to that one